You're listening to the Water in Real Life podcast, the podcast for people who want to become better leaders by becoming better communicators. Why? Because those who tell the stories rule the world. We're your hosts, the H2 duo, Stephanie Corso and Ariane Shipley. So without further ado, let's get to the show. Well, I'm hardcore fangirling right now, Ariane. I don't know about you, but... <laughs> I mean, we have a celebrity in the house. And my we do. People, so. We've got we've got some water famous female in the house today. So excited to be joined by Kelly Deering Smith. Uh, and I love her. I love her bio that she sent. I love that she's curious. She's creative. Loves a good story. Uh, if you didn't know, she is the VP of Communications and Marketing at Louisville Water Company. The ultimate job as she says, to highlight something, you know, most of most people take for granted that high quality and reliable drinking water. Why do I want to sound like Matthew McConaughey when I say that? I don't know. But <laughs> this lady's got 20 plus years in the water industry, 10 years in television journalism. She is rocking it over there in Louisville. Kelly, thank Aww. you so much for being here with us yeah. today. Thank you. Can I Where's my tiara? I would just like to be <laughs> the water queen. Let's you forget are. the VP. OK, so now I'm yes. joking. <laughs> Yes. Oh, this this is such a treat. Um, I mean, we're we're like awesome friends. We're best buds on social media, mm-hmm. and now just doing this, it just seems natural. So I'm I'm so looking forward to this. Yeah, so excited. I'm well, gonna... I'm gonna kick it off. Um, normally Stephanie kicks it off, but I'm gonna <laughs> change gears a little bit because I we had a couple conversations, and I just thought it was the not just most adorable story, but I'm like you're a freaking badass. So I want to (laughs) know, like you told me you wanted, you were like on the path of being the next Diane Sawyer. Like nobody says that. That is, that was my dream. I don't know that I would call it a path. Hey, it's on the vision board. It counts. Okay. I'm there. Yeah. Like I'm, I have mad respect for you. So I want to know, um, you know, our fan favorite question is this, your origin story, did water choose you yeah. or did you choose water? And when you throw in Diane Sawyer and snow coats, I got really excited. So tell me, how did you get into water? Yeah. So I would say that uh, water chose me. Definitely. I mean, I, I did not choose water. So I was a television journalist working here in Louisville and my husband is a videographer. And when we got to Louisville, that was supposed to be like a very brief stopping point because we were going to end up in Chicago and I was going to be the next Diane Sawyer. I was going to break the news, right? I mean, I was that person. I I grew up in a very small town in Eastern Kentucky. I worked at the hometown radio station, W Flea, where I read the obituary (laughs) column. And my, I was trying to bring down the school board at the time. And the, and the, uh, the, 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 um, the guy who owned the station said, you can't do that because the guy who's involved in the school board's like a big advertiser here. And I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't seem right. I'm sure the school board was all fine. That was me just being an 18 year old. But anyway, I was going to be Diane Sawyer. That was my vision. And I had a child, Doug and I had Katie. Katie was a year old. And I always said, whenever someone else fed Katie breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I needed a new career. Mm. And so I was begging the nanny who should have lived with us to come out into our house in a snowstorm so I could go work in the snowstorm. It's like, this is not right. So I happened to call Louisville Water Company during winter weather because I was missing their snow code. So in Kentucky, when it snows, businesses have a code and you would, that's how you knew whether the business was open or not. And I didn't have it. So I called a contact at Louisville Water Company and we started talking and I said, you know, I'm kind of bummed. I, I didn't get this news director job I wanted in Louisville and, and Katie's got a nanny and, and things are just crazy. And she said, well, we've got this brand new job. You are so overqualified. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll try. I'll, I'll interview. I had no idea where my drinking water came from. I mean, there was no Google, no internet. I just knew Louisville Water Company had this giant white tower. And sometimes <laughs> they had a water main break. So I came, I got the job. And I like to say that I drank the water because 22 years later, here I am, right? I'm still yeah, here. And the person who hired me, um, she is forever one of my very dear friends. She retired. I took her job, but she came back and she works for me now. That and she likes to say that she does all the stuff she loves and none of the crap she hates. Exactly. So that's yeah. my story. Politics. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, yeah. isn't that the joy of retirement is that yeah. you get to come back and just do the stuff you love? 
Well, she's doing it. She's doing it. And I couldn't do this job without her. So Barbara is uh, kind of my rock. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. That's super awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, I did not choose water, but I am so glad I did. Yeah. Yeah. And we are, we're also glad that you did as oh. well. Queen of comms <laughs> in the water. <laughs> Queen of comms. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm, I was actually, as I was thinking about what do I want to talk to Kelly about? There's so many things that we could talk about. And uh, I thought, wow, what if we did it this way? We've never done it this way before. And who perfect, you're the perfect prime candidate for this. So okay. at Ooh. Rogue, we approach communication from what we call the ABCs of water communication, assessment, branding, content strategy. Those are our foundational building blocks that Mm -hmm. we focus on to keep things simple. Uh, We talk about this all the time. Catalyst is organized around uh, those four sections. And I thought, what a great time to demonstrate what this looks like in communication (laughs) in water in real life, because Mm. basically everything you do, you are like our case study. So... (laughs) Let's start where we always tell people to begin and spoiler, spoiler alert. It's not a, it's actually the B, which is my favorite uh, branding. You are a branding fanatic, just like, just like we are. Mm -hmm. Why is branding so important for a water utility? And the second part of that question is what is its connection to public trust? Ah, so why is branding so important? And I think fundamentally we're a brand. Um, a brand is your story and we all have a story. Um, I like to say that we're not a utility. Um, we're in the business of public health. I mean, we have this awesome product. We're not like the grocery store. Romaine lettuce is bad. You got to bring it back. Once we make the water, no calling it back. We have the health of our community. Everybody does who works in this industry in the palm of your hand. If you mess up, if you do something wrong, it's, it's bad. It's really bad. So. Branding is so important because if you don't tell your story, then how can anyone else know what your story is? And if they don't know your story, then how can they get behind a rate increase, digging up their street, telling them to boil their water because there's an advisory. We think there might be something wrong with it. Um, So branding to me is essential to who we who we are. Um, And it doesn't matter if you have communications in your title or not. If you work in this industry you have a responsibility to build the brand. And so I think the two are are linked, uh, branding and public trust go hand in hand. Um, You can't have one without the other. I agree. Before (laughs) we um, move on, I think this is a perfect time for you to share, I mean, what's behind you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, All of the branding, all of the W's (laughs) everywhere. So I knew, I knew we were doing this today, but this is my office. So by the way, full disclosure, I did not dress up just for you today. Although I did, (laughs) you know, put some, put some lip gloss on, Um, but I'm wearing branding shirt today. You can't, I need to just move my camera down here. So this has drink like a local, when in Louisville, drink like a local. So I'm wearing the brand today behind me is one of my favorite pieces. So a few years ago, I spoke to the local advertising club. I mean, who invites a water utility person to speak at the ad fed, right? And so the whole time I'm speaking about Louisville water and the trademark tap water we produce called Louisville Pure Tap, Kat is drawing what I'm saying. So by the end of a 30-minute presentation, this is what I ended up with. Icons that talk about bourbon and corn and tasting and billions of gallons of water. Um, So I had a mounted in my office. I love that. Not it the is w. adorable. Do yeah. you mind taking a picture and sharing that and we'll share it with everyone? Oh, I will. Yeah. So cool. yeah. yeah. Um, but you brought up something else too. talk because to some people who aren't familiar with, you know, our language is foreign to them. And so branding, they may not even really know what that means. Oh, a lot of folks true. think that it's just the logo and the tagline. And mm-hmm. um, so talk on that and then tell us about your particular brand. You mentioned it while you were just while you were just telling us that story. Yeah, so it's not your logo, right? I mean, it's not it's not your color, it's not your design, and branding is not taking an idea and putting it up, right? That that's not what branding is. Uh, so we work in this industry of engineers and scientists and incredibly smart people, people. But those are really complicated projects, and so branding is the way to take a 36-inch transmission line project that costs $5 million and bring it down to 
You're not gonna lose water service. By the way, we got to replace an 1800 pipe with a 2000 and something pipe. And you're still gonna be able to get Starbucks. Schools are open and you got water service and we'll only be there for a little while. So, so just embrace that inconvenience with us. Yeah. Um, so branding is a way to tell, I think a very complicated story in a way that makes sense for all of us. Um, so what is Louisville Waters brand? Um, we're quality water equals quality of life. And we are Louisville Pure Tap. We are the only drinking water utility that's trademarked its tap water. And so our brand is telling the story of how we produce and deliver Louisville Pure Tap, but more importantly, how Louisville Pure Tap is linked to every business, every home, everything in Louisville. We're an anchor in this region. And so that that is who we are. Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on all the examples that you gave of, of what branding is and just even take it a step back and say, branding gives you the permission to even have those conversations with people because you think about if someone just rolls up at your front door and you're looking at that, like, who is this? You're not going to, you're not going to open your door to just somebody random. Your, your logo is a part of your brand, but it's, it helps people trust you. It helps people understand that you are the subject matter expert. It helps people understand that you are guardians of public health. So it, it's so important. And I think that, uh, in a, in a lot of places, it's just, it's not treated with that level of, uh, uh, it's not given that the, it's not given the respect. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I say all the time, the only time our customers, people who use our product, see us or hear from us cannot be when something breaks. It cannot be when we need money or it can't be when we need to tear up their front yard. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You, you just can't do that. Um, because to your point, it's like that ugly neighbor showing up going, what the heck are you doing here? <laughs> um, I want people when they see us out, when they see me with my logo on, if they see me drive up in my car, I want people to say, oh my gosh, that's Louisville water. We have the yeah. best tasting tap water in the United States. And oh, by the way, if that, if that pipe broke, I'm not worried. Louisville water is going to fix it. We got this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. On one hand, there's a lot of RFPs out right now, you know, and have been for a while about doing all this infrastructure upgrading and meter change outs and all these great things. And I'm like, cool. But like, do you, have you thought about how you're going to communicate this in any one of those RFPs that are out there? Right. And the answer is pretty much no. And I'm like, cool, you're doing this, but you're missing a huge opportunity. You're missing the mark. Well, and communicating doesn't mean just putting out a message on social media or just sending out something that you think the media is going to get. I mean, the art of strategic communications is delivering the message where people can receive it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think we in this industry have a horrible habit of saying, we're just going to have a public meeting. You come to us, right? You want to know something, you come to us. That's not how it works. It's a two-way conversation. And so I think a lot of problems with those RFPs or just utilities in general is we think just because we said it, just because we sent you a letter that was typed in Times New Roman, <laughs> well, you of course should know what we're doing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and we've even sorry, heard- soapbox moment. Yeah. Times New hey, Roman. That, this just is what I told you. It. Bring it's, on the soapbox. Yeah, it's yeah. all good. You just reminded me of an experience. This has been several years ago, but uh, one of our buddies had who he did conservation work in a local city around here. And, uh, some resident was upset. I think this was when we were in drought. So we were in water restrictions and they had just, they had hit almost every touch point that they could have used to tell people about the changes that were coming or what was happening with twice per week watering or whatever it was. And this one particular customer was Basically, like, if you didn't come knock on my door and wait for me to answer, mm-hmm. then how would I know about it? So, yeah, it's just you, you, oh, you no, have I'm to sorry, like build a relationship. That, that relationship wanna... matters so much now. So now I'm going to go back to Katie. So Katie's 23, uh, Courtney's 20. And if I want Katie and Courtney to know about what Louisville Water is doing, am I going to send them a letter? <laughs> I'm going to do a media release. They really don't watch the news, right? Uh, so so now we in this industry have to be thinking about the Katie's and Courtney's of the world. When they eventually become our bill-paying customers, yeah. that can't be the first time they hear about Louisville Water Company is when they get a bill or sign up for service. So, and how am I going to get that message to them? So that's where digital and that's where in-person, I will always be a huge proponent of in-person. 
person. There's nothing that yes. can replace a conversation. That is so Don't true. give too much away. That's coming up. Okay. Sorry. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So we know, you know, solid branding, you have to have your own story straight before you can begin to really tell your story to others. So internally, you kind of have to have that story mm-hmm. straight. Um, but the question we get often is like, how do we know that it's working? How do we measure this branding or the communications? So this kind of brings us to our second letter of the alphabet, A, mm-hmm. uh, assessment, which is B then A. So we'll change that <laughs> alphabet. Um, but I want to approach this from the business case perspective. When we had some initial conversations, you talked about how you like to turn things into a business case perspective or mm-hmm. in front of your presenting in front of engineers, how does this resonate with them? So what metrics are you using to make these business cases for communication in the water sector? Yeah, well, it's really evolved over time. So to give you a sense of, of where I live at Louisville Water Company, so I, I'm a member of our executive leadership team. So it's me along with our president, our chief engineer, our treasurer, you know, another engineer, a finance person, the legal guy. And so Kelly is always here, like I'm up here on the spectrum, right? I'm looking at things in a very different level. Um, But I learned very quickly that to build the team I have at Louisville Water and really to build the Louisville Water brand, I had to have metrics and I had to make a case for what I was doing. And as we all know, with communications, it can be a little squishy sometimes, those metrics, right? It's like, I can't tell you exactly, um, you know, this many breaks for this many hundred miles of pipe. I can tell you, I think the message worked, but here's my analytics and, and what do you think? So, so what I, how I've approached this though is consumer research mm-hmm. and organic. And so here's what I mean by that. Consumer research, um, we a few years ago really stepped up how we survey customers, both um, online and in person doing focus groups. And we do research mm-hmm. all the time. Louisville Pure Tap, what do they think about Louisville Water? We actually just put out a brand perception survey. It's on the street right now. I'm so excited to get it back. So I've been able to use that data to link an engineering project or building public trust with, hey, Louisville Water customers give us high scores on this. And this is what they said about this. So this is where we can move the needle. I think if I just communicate a little more, Um, I've taken all of that research lately and I have a new project. It's called Voice of the Customer. So we are measuring the voice of our customers, which means customer satisfaction, brand perception, brand reputation. So we're looking at engineering projects, um, education programs. We survey every teacher that we visit. Um, We're surveying our call center reps. And now we're doing all this social media listening. And so now I have data to show. So that's one way. When I say organic, I think one of the best things that can happen to any of us is I like to say it's always better when someone else gives the toast. I mean, we can mm-hmm. brag about ourselves, mm-hmm. yeah. but it really made me feel good when you guys gave me a compliment at the very beginning. <laughs> so isn't it great if someone comes to Louisville and they're on the bourbon trail and they go out to a restaurant and they sit down to order a meal and they're with someone and they look at the waiter and they say, hey, I just need a bottle of water. And what if the waiter goes, oh my gosh, you're in Louisville. You might not be from here. Just drink the water. We have Louisville Pure Tap. It's the best ever. Or in someone on Twitter, there's smack talk about Louisville water, how good it is on Twitter. I mean, I can't pay for that kind of endorsement. So that's the organic endorsement that I think really matters for metrics. That's the squishy side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Um, And and I just want to bring up, you talked about that personal um, outreach, that one-on-one face Mm -hmm. conversations. I know you're including that in your, in your data as well. I mean, that's something that she and I had to, when, when we worked for the city, we were like, aha, like we're getting handwritten letters. We're getting amazing conversations in person. Who's capturing all that? So that's a really good point. Yeah. So we, so my team has grown from three people to around 18 right now. So we're a mix of (laughs) full-time, part-time contractors, seasonal temporaries, but anyway, we measure a lot. So we measure how many schools we reach every year, what is the evaluation score? We measure how many people see us at a Louisville Peer Tap event. Mm-hmm. We measure impressions in terms of bottle fill stations. We put our brand on bottle fill stations. Mm-hmm. They all have a counter on them. How many people are filling up at those bottles? We're, turn, we're, we're turning that into a metric. We also, though, have a very interesting metric here. We plotted out the service area of Louisville Water Company. And I had a goal that every zip code in the service area 
was going to get at least one education program every year, and they were going to get at least one Louisville Peer Tap event where we're on-site serving water. And we measure that. We look at our service area and we say, okay, let's do that. And now we've taken it one step further. The other part of that goal is we, we overlay that with the big engineering projects. Where are we working? And we will be in that neighborhood during the engineering project before, during, and after with education and outreach. Um, and that's that's another way we do metrics. I'm glad you asked about that. Yeah, oh my God, I have so many questions. I know. Um, <laughs> wait. <laughs> well, I was just going to give it for our listeners just a little like, hey, if you want to go from a one-person show to 18, just hit up <laughs> Kelly and ask her about that. Like, my goodness. Uh, I'd love a few more too, though. So let me, let, someone help me make the case for more, right? <laughs> um. Okay, rapid fire questions uh, okay. to, to what you said. How much of this research, uh, everything you just described, how much of that are you outsourcing? How much of that is happening mm-hmm. in your team, from your team, by your team? So the voice of the customer pro- project, I am outsourcing with a local research firm, two women who own their own business. You guys can relate. I love supporting local. Um, so they are my right hand in research. When it comes to measuring internally education and outreach, we do that all ourselves. Awesome. Um, and I love that you overlay your efforts with the engineering projects that are happening. That is huge. Uh, is a lot of times that doesn't happen because in, I mean, it's personally, I can say like, we weren't always at the table. We didn't always know what was happening. So yeah. is that a, something you had to fight for and B, what does that relationship look like now? So it's evolved over time. Um, and it, I would say over the last 10 years, we have come a long way at Louisville water company. Um, before then, and my predecessor, Barbara did an amazing job, but we weren't always at the table. Yeah. Now we're at the table because Kelly is a VP role and I hear all those conversations. So yeah. communications needs to be a C-suite job. That's, I'm just firmly believe that. Um, so yeah. snap on that. You just heard my snap. <laughs> <laughs> um, so every December after Louisville Water passes our capital budget, um, we sit down, my team sits down with our engineering team and we say, okay, tell us where you're working because we're going to look at that differently than you. We're going to go, oh, that elected leader is a hot mess. We need, yep. we know somebody here. Hey, we've got branded fountains in that area. Let's do some things there. So-and-so lives and we don't want to yeah. piss her off. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or that's my house. What are we doing right yeah. now? Um, so, so we got to talk to each other. We have got to eliminate the silos, not yeah. only in our industry, but in our utilities. It's really okay for engineers and communicators to be friends. It you is. can really talk to each other. It um, is. Yeah. Yeah. I've even dated one before. It's fine, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. So how often are those, I have this question of one more and then we can go to the next question, but, um, how often are y'all touching base like that? With the engineers Mm -hmm. and the water quality folks, I would, it's, it's daily, sometimes weekly. Now, formally, I would say, um, monthly. Monthly. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. What did you, you say? Your, your four hour meetings. Your four oh, yeah. Meetings. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Try to keep but, those I mean, monthly. But our VPs, we meet our VP team. We meet every every Tuesday. So I'm with our chief engineer every every week. Yeah. Um, and so I'm he's also over the lab. So I'm joined at the hip with water quality as well. Uh, awesome. It's regular. You cannot wait to talk to somebody until you need something. Yeah. I got I get to get to know you. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have that relationship, build that trust. And yes. Um, yeah, it's just so weird how I feel like sometimes, and maybe this is just the perception that's given off, but just this like guardedness that I oh. experience sometimes. And I'm like, you guys and gals, I, I want to make it better. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to make any, I don't want to make you look bad ever. Like I'm uh-huh. here to help, you know? And it's just, yeah. I just, you know, one I, thing that's really helped me with that is thinking about the strategy. Mm-hmm. So for example, if it's a big engineering project or water quality, our team trusts me to draft and deliver that message. I will certainly let them see it, but I'm going to be the face of that project. So to speak, mm. I guess you would say, but it's, but what I've done is, is help our teams internally understand that I had a strategy behind those words. Yes. Um, I knew what would resonate. I knew what would make the soundbite. I knew what needed to be in the headline. And, and I've often invited them to come with me. I'm like, you don't have to speak at the media event, but I want you to be here with me. Or when I talk to this neighborhood group, just be here and listen. So you can understand how I deliver the story. And that in turn helps them to trust me and my team. Yeah. Got it. That's a great tip. Seeing that, seeing in action is just, uh, I mean, 
it's just next level. Mm. Uh, my last thing before I talk about uh, C content is when you had mentioned using the data from the research that you're getting and saying, I'm not hitting the engagement that I want to in this particular area. If I had more budget or whatever to do that more so in this area, like I could get where I want to get where I want to be from my metrics perspective. What's the business case of the opportunity cost of that, that you're using to sell it? Like if, if you get, if you give me a little more so I can get us here, then that means X, Y, Z for you. Yeah. So if the business case for me has to do with building rate capacity, um, Louisville Water Company does annual rate increases. We've done them for over 30 years. Every November we pass a budget. Um, and we, we really don't get a lot of pushback. And that's because I think we're very upfront and, pro, and proactive with what we yeah. do. I think the business case is tied to sometimes the next project. So if we want this to go well, and I can dial up some education and outreach and communication here, then when it comes time to do the next lead replacement project, two streets over, word of mouth travels, and I can make it really easy for us to, to get in there and get it done. Yeah. Um, I won't tell you won't get any questions. We won't get complaints, but I think I can at least open the door. Um, right. I've also yeah. been good with creative solutions. I mean, I think we all are as utility, as communicators here, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, so let's just say I can't get the budget I want, but I can get $30,000. Yeah. Well, what can I do? How can I stretch that dollar? Can I hire some contractors to represent us, um, be the brand ambassadors for us? That's how we've been able to do our education program. I have a full-time person who manages it, but we have up to eight people who teach for us. And a lot of them are retired teachers. Yeah. There's a nurse, a social worker, and they're contract employees. And we've been able to execute that program with people who look, talk, and act like Louisville Water Company. Uh, mm, so awesome. Man, you have so got There's me. a little tip. Like, I want to go back to working for a city now. I'm here. Bit. The water's great. <laughs> hey, <laughs> this, that. He's got all the solutions, all the ideas. Yeah. Um, this is well, like, yeah, I just want to be like public educators, public communicators, listen to what she's saying and just take it all in. Yeah. yeah. You're like a sponge, right? You yeah. can do it. Well, and I, you know, I've learned, budget. I've learned so much from others. I mean, you know, I, I wanted to be a teacher and I think I was drawn to education when I came to Louisville Water Company. Um, yeah. I got to do a curriculum. I got to write a book. And then I was, I think my journalism pays off too, because I, I live on deadlines and I'm always about selling the story, right? When you're in television mm -hmm. news, you're trying to sell the story and get ratings. Mm -hmm. I've kind of approached the same thing here. Um, mm -hmm. I've tried to build support for communications at Louisville Water Company, which I think we've done. Yeah. It's, it's always part of the, I feel like that's the hidden part of the job description when you take any type of communication or education role in this utility. It's being a champion, you know, you're being a voice for it because there is people still don't really understand all the time. And so right. it's important to be able to speak to the value of it if we want to do amazing things in the future. Mm -hmm. um, moving on to C, which is content. <laughs> Uh, this is the, the part for us content is really, even though it says content, this is where we kind of focus on the, the brain of the, of the content that we're producing. So we're focused on who our audience is and what the message to each of those audiences will be. So this question is going to be two part. Okay. Uh, thinking of audience profiles for us, we, we have tools that we like to use like audience profiling, like story modeling, empathy mapping, all with the purpose of keeping the person that we're giving this message to front and center, what they want, um, their pain points, their aspirations, et cetera. Uh, I think the way, uh, I, I feel like this is a case study right here. I, I think the way that you handled this major project happening around a school on a major thoroughfare in the community and the work that y'all did to let people know is audience centric in real life. So can you tell us a little bit about your communication efforts on that project? Yeah. Um, so we are actually in the midst of it right now. Um, I, um, we are replacing an 1877 pipe that is in the middle of a very beautiful part of Louisville. Can I just say the pipe was there before the neighborhood? I always want to say that. And I really can't say that. I'm like, <laughs> you were here first people, right? You know, yeah. so yeah. But anyway, um, so the pipe is in this beautiful neighborhood, vibrant business district, and there is an elementary school 
that sits right by the project. And so we knew we were going to have to do lane detours. We're going to impact a lot of people. And by the way, this pipe is also in front of our treatment plant and our reservoir, which is open to the public for walking. Just all oh, wow. of the variables. Just like bring it up, right, all together. What more can <laughs> we do? So the project kicked off in July. We started our efforts a year ago, meeting with the engineering team, mapping out strategy, thinking about the audiences and who would want to know what. One of the first things we did is our employees walked the route. People walk to school in this neighborhood. Let's walk to school. Let's see what's around us. What are the roadblocks? What are they going to run into? Oh, great. Um, we watch the traffic patterns. You know, where's the death walk trying to cross the street? How dangerous <laughs> is that going to be? And then we became part of the school. Now, full disclosure, we already have a great partnership with Field Elementary, but we were part of their back to school event, telling parents, hey, the project's going to start right after school. Here's what you need to know. We're in carpool line. Our mascot was out back to school waving to everybody. And then the first day, of course, there's trouble with carpool line. The principal called and we said, okay, what can we do? Let's hire some security folks. Let's make sure the traffic goes better. And I think it's kind of a case study in a lot of ways. I do, well, I do think it's a case study of how to not only listen, put yourself literally in their shoes and let's walk that route. Mm -hmm. And then don't just tell them and walk away. You got to be part of what they're living through. Yeah, and, yes. and, and so that project is going, okay. I mean, we had another, we had a little bump this past weekend where um, this is the first large scale engineering project we've done in a long time where we are impacting local businesses. These are, this is one of my favorite places to shop locally owned places. You can get to everything, but you got to be creative. Right. And that yeah. combined with COVID it's really tough. Yeah. So we're going to meet with the business association again. And we're going to say, what can we do? Let's sponsor Shop Small Saturday right after Thanksgiving. Maybe that's the Louisville water event. You know, let's, we're going to, I'm going to make sure that when we order lunches over the next few months for staff, we're going to support every restaurant in that corridor. And that's where we're going to be eating. Um, yes. So you just, you just got to remember that we not only produce the water, but we are part of the community. You literally yes. took the eye. Yeah. I mean, it is not about you. This is right. about them and how that's you a good point. support them. I think that is just this is a really beautiful story. And if this goes over anyone's heads, go back and listen again. Guys. <laughs> yeah. This is how we, we talk about, I love, I'm sorry. I'm really excited that you said that because getting up out of your chair, out of your office, yeah. out of your C-suite carpet area and walking the streets and being with the people that you're serving is 100% what it's all about and how you're going to yeah. make them yeah. I mean, we could have this whole conversation too about equity and affordability too. I mean, mm. my God, my eyes were open during COVID when we stopped turning people off for non-payment and we went from a thousand to 18,000 people owing us money. Yeah. What the heck is going on? Yeah. And so people in this industry, they're going, oh my gosh, that's people taking advantage of us. They know we're not turning off. I'm like, okay, let's see the data. Show me the numbers. Yeah. And so we ran the numbers on those 18,000 customers, 70 70% of them had never missed a bill or only been late one time. These people had no way of knowing how to even ask for help. Did they even know Louisville Water Company had a customer assistance program? Yeah, At that point, we said, okay, it's not affordability anymore. We're going to call it drops of kindness. And we are Aww. going to live in your shoes. And I actually called in for payment assistance. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, it's a hot mess. We've got to fix that. I'm like, I've never had to ask for help with my bills. Yeah, so I didn't know what these people were living through. And so mm. anyway, that's another yeah. soapbox, but that. my eyes were opened with affordability. Yeah. It's so important to just get out there and be with the people you're serving to see what it is that they're living through. The carpool line is a nightmare for <laughs> no matter where you're at. Yeah. And then you throw in some construction or <laughs> deconstructing <Yeah>. some pipes. <laughs> Um, then yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a hot mess and I love that you guys are not just throwing one solution out and then saying, bye, we'll see yeah. you in the school year. You're still and by the way, we took up, um, last week that it was an, it's an 1877 pipe and we brought a piece of it out, the we dates it. on it. And we did a little media story yesterday. So I'm yeah. like, see, I told you it was old. <laughs> so, yeah, We're going to save it though for our museum. You should. So, yeah. I get, I'm geeking out over the history of water. And yeah. I love that, so keep it, please. What I love about this, and it would be remiss of me not to explicitly point this out, is 
we talk all the time about design thinking. We talk to about design thinking on the podcast. We integrate design thinking in almost every catalyst. And it's a new concept to a lot of folks. We try to introduce that and ease into it. But this is what it looks like in action is that what Kelly is describing is the first step to design thinking. And that is observation. That is inquiry. That is interview. That is going out and talking to actual people, the actual people who will be affected mm-hmm. by what's happening. And, you know, you said it, put yourself in their shoes and understand it, go yeah. walk it, go talk to folks, go ask, what can we do? Get their perspective. So if you have ever listen to a podcast about it or come to Catalyst and be like, yeah, sure, this is great. But what does this have to do with my mm-hmm. everyday? This is exactly what it has to do with your everyday. It's right here. And I love that there's this tangible, uh, concrete example out there in the sector that people can look to of how yeah. they can integrate that. Well, you know, and a, and a, a good communication plan always starts on the inside. So yes. um, you got to make sure your employees know first. So when, when I was in television, I used to, if I hired a producer, I would make them go out with the television reporter and the videographer so they could understand what it's like to try to do a live shot when it's raining or what it's like to interview someone who perhaps just lost their son in in a shooting Mm -hmm. and you're asking them to turn something around. And so I've taken that same principle here. So when I hire someone on my team, I want you to know the River to Fawcett story. Mm -hmm. I want you to spend some time in the radio room at the treatment plant. I want you to go out on a main break. I want you to meet a a meter reader. I want you to listen to phone calls coming into Louisville Water. So I want you to walk in everyone's shoes at Louisville Water so that we will know how to better tell their stories. Yeah. This is the most validating podcast I've ever been involved in. (laughs) My therapy sessions would be a breeze after this. (laughs) Validation. I love it. Okay. Can I I throw in one other thing? Absolutely. Only because I was like out of breath and running to grab this before we started because I I knew Uh, we were going to talk content. So People always ask me all the time, can I see your communication plan? Will you email me a copy of your communication plan? Okay, secret, I don't have a book, okay? And if my boss is listening, I don't have a book. What I do have are colored circles. So this is what Kelly's team goes by. It's like whatever's happening goes in the middle. Hey, this could be that we're announcing a fish fry at Louisville Water. It doesn't have to be a water main project. Yeah. And then our audience is up here. Internal is always first. How are we going to deliver that message? Is it a media release? Do we need to be face-to-face? Um, do we need digital? Are we going to do anything with pictures and video and social? And how are we going to measure it, right? How are we going to measure that? So if you don't have a big team, you can't, you can't do a big book. I didn't do a big book. Yeah. You can do colored circles. That's my thing. So. A one-page communication plan, right? <laughs> That's Kelly's yeah. iteration of the ABCs. I love it right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just to point that out, that was my last question. That was um, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. I, it's, all right. it's perfect. I don't have to I, I went, Well, now. I mentioned it too. And I was like, darn it. I didn't get it. So I was no, like, oh, it's good. It's taped good. on the door out here. So I had to go grab one off the door. I love that. I love uh, Anyone can see it since we're yeah. talking. Let's yeah. continue. Anyone can see it. Anyone can grab it off the door yeah. to see where we're at. And it is very functional. Oh, absolutely. I, I would imagine it doesn't collect dust like a lot of people's or go obsolete within a year like a lot of people's. Yeah. Giant, you know. I had to write a plan. To, uh, yeah. That wouldn't Plus, happen. if you're going to implement it, who wants to implement a 150 page tome of, you know, like no. I'm over it after the executive <clears throat> summary. So I just, yeah. I want something that Check, 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 check. I want to know like what what needs to go on my to-do list. When do I need to get this done by? Who am I saying this to? Uh, you know, and I know that if you don't come from that background, that that's, that's a little bit more challenging. And, you know, to be respectful of that, I want folks to learn as well right. or be supportive of the folks that are doing it. Um, so not trying to demean or belittle the work or whatever, but yeah, absolutely not. keep it no. simple. No. Uh, So I have two questions and you've kind of hinted on both of these, but one of them was you mentioned the, the brand perception study. Mm. Uh, So tell us a little bit more about that, because that is also just another amazing way that you're keeping Mm -hmm. hyper-focused on your audience. So in, in working with the local research company, um, Lisa and Linda, uh, we were started talking about how we measure customer satisfaction and we talk about innovation, trust rates. And, and I, you know, we, I think people really like us. I mean, I see it on Twitter, you hear it out in the community, but I'm like, 
do we really know what people think of us, you know? And so that's where this idea for a brand perception, brand reputation uh, look came from. And so it's, it's essentially 10 to 15 questions about feelings. Like, how do you feel about Louisville Water Company? When you see the name, what does it make you think? Or when you drink the water, what do you mm-hmm. think about Louisville Water Company? And we're doing the survey with two audiences. One is just our general population. But the second part of that survey is we are targeting the University of Louisville. We have a great partnership with UofL. We brand bottle filling stations. We're on campus. We do guest lectures. They are going to be future customers, I hope, one day. Right. But they already yeah. drink the water. So what do they know about us? And is all that work that we've done at UofL, are we moving the needle or what needle are we moving? So this will be really be a benchmark for Louisville Water. Nice. Um, that is yeah. awesome. Investing love in it. your future users. I love it. Yes. 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 Yeah. Get them engaged so that they know that uh, that they have a voice in their local yes. water as well. So important. Yeah. We also did, know. we did a survey over COVID too. We'll, we'll do a third one coming up. We've done two surveys now in COVID. Um, to measure empathy for Louisville water. How are, how are our customers doing? Have they heard of drops of kindness? Are we moving the needle? What did they think about that? Did they think mm-hmm. Louisville water is being empathetic? So I'd like to think we might be one of the only utilities with an empathy score coming out of all mm. of this, maybe. Oof. So we'll see. I'll keep, uh, you, I'll keep you informed. Yes, please. Love, <laughs> yeah. Love all of that. And for anyone scoffing at this about, you know, talking about feelings and emotions, it's already been proven neurologically that we, uh, Antonio Damasio, I think is the neuroscientist who said it, that we are not thinking animals that feel, but rather feeling animals that think. Yes. Uh, I know that is so hard for, for technical, uh, minded folks to like, I've pissed an academic off before by saying that. I mean, he was jokingly pissed, but did not want to accept that. But it is so true the way yeah. that we are driven about how we feel about particular things. And so knowing that and being able to pinpoint it, then you can begin to evolve and make that change. Well, and I think just when hearing you say that, I mean, I think all of us who couldn't get around public health, I want you to be safe and healthy. I want you to be happy mm-hmm. and prosperous and feel good. And hey, by the way, did you know that high quality, safe, reliable drinking water is part of that? Mm. That sounds much better than saying, I'm a utility and this is what we do. And this is how I bill you. And this is how you pay. Yeah. And don't I mean, ask me it's any more very, questions. Don't ask me more questions. <laughs> just show up at the public meeting. Right. I mean, that's yeah. a much different way to tell, to talk mm-hmm. about what we do, but I do think it's hard for some people. It is hard. Um, they, they, they can't do it. It is hard. I agree. Yeah. It's not, it's never, it's never easy, but you know, well, no, nothing worth having ever was. So job um, security. Yeah. The one last thing I wanted to, I wanted to touch on before we got into the lightning round and you did mention this too, about how important it is that your plan will always have a, a personal, that face-to-face relationship connection piece into it. Um, That's one of the things that we really appreciate about your approach is that human element. You're so great at combining the branding piece, the digital piece, then that strategic outreach, which is what that Mm-hmm. the words I use to describe that. So how important are partnerships to your strategy? And tell us about some of your favorites. Oh, partnerships are so important because it's always better when somebody else gives the toast and somebody yes. else says, Hey, they're doing a great job. Right. So that yeah. but partnerships are a way to build your brand. I have 18 people, but there's a million people who drink our water every day. We can't be everywhere. So partners are, are good alliances. So some of my favorites, and I have visuals for this. Ooh. Um, okay. So all you need is water, right? If you're going to have ah, good bourbon, you got to have good water. So there do. are 20 distilleries that use our water every day. And so we do a water tasting oh, and a bourbon that. tasting at the same time. Um, I mentioned, oh, by the way, I just got this in too. We have our own ice mold now oh. for your bourbon. I'll have to send you guys one. It's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. so you use water in the kitchen, right? So we have a measuring cup. We work with local chefs sometimes to talk about water. Um, And then this will be backwards, but we wash, you dry. We have our own dish towels now as well. Nice. Um, I have to take my mic out real quick. Hang on. She's like the Mary Poppins of water right now, (laughs) y'all. Just (laughs) she couldn't hear that. Oh, you didn't hear me. I just called you like the Mary Poppins of water right now. You're just pulling all of these like things out of your secret, your magic. All right. So we have, we have over a hundred of these. These are five gallon coolers that are wrapped with a message. Much better than the ones that I did. 
And yeah. we have cups that go along with them. We have dog bowls. We have yeah, ice scrapers. Yeah. Um, you know, anything I do has to have a water touch to it. And we have water pitchers. Hang on, let me grab this. Can I just say what I did water to pitcher? my five-gallon bucket? I put, <laughs> oh, that's we had so t-shirts. Funny. We had t-shirts made and I put these old t-shirts. Uh, I wrapped them in old t-shirts. <laughs> I didn't have a budget for branding. You know what I call that? That's creative branding. And don't let anybody tell you that it's not. Okay. Yeah. So here's, now here's a good example. Um, So if you're at Louisville Water Company and let's say you're on a board or you're helping with something, you better be serving and drinking the brand. So I'm going to give you the pitcher. I'm going to give you a reusable bottle. I'm going to give you compostable cups. I mean, to me, that's like my soapbox again. Yes. But how in the world will people trust us if you walk into a room with a bottle of commercial bottled water? Yeah. If all yes. your council is drinking out of bottled water, God. Uh, well, that I, you know, matters. We, we, have, we make Ford Explorers here in Louisville. And if you work at Ford and you drive onto the lot with a Toyota, what do you think happens? I mean, that goes back to a brand, right? Yeah. You yeah. want to treat yourself with a little bit of respect. So, yeah. so partners, we, we have the zoo. We have a soccer team. We have schools. We have bourbon. We have beer. We have food and beverage. Um, um, let's see. I am bound and determined to find out how much water it takes to make a Louisville Slugger bat. I'm on Ooh, a mission for that. Because uh, we're yes. known for Louisville Slugger bats. Yes, here. you are. So, um, so those are some of my favorites. And they're my favorites because there's an education component mm-hmm. to it. So at the Louisville Zoo here, we just don't brand the bottle fill stations. We, um, we do education at their summer camps. We're there handing out treats during trick or treatment, yeah. you know, um, and, and we do wear the brand. You saw my t-shirt and I even have tapper socks. Did you say trick or treatment? Wait a minute. Did yeah, you oh yeah. Sorry. Trick or treatment. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, please. Yes. <laughs> no, back up, back up. So the Louisville <laughs> Zoo here does their own trick or treat, but we do trick or treatment. Let me qualify that. Our gatehouse is this Gothic 1879 structure. Ooh. Amazing. And so we said, let's dress it up for Halloween. Tapper puts on his costume and we do trick or treatment. Nothing scary about how we make drinking water. Bring your kids, walk around the reservoir, get some treats, go and see the reservoir and learn about Louisville Water Company. 3,000 people will show up for trick or treatment. Use your assets, people. You, it's an easy way to talk about, about to what get we an do. Influx of resumes. <laughs> so, you cannot yeah. hear this listeners, but my jaw just hit the floor. <laughs> 3000 people coming to a water treatment plant. And I'm assuming with oh, being around, yeah. trick, being no. around trick or treatment. October. Yes. Now, this so is, with COVID, we can't do it right now. Yeah. So what we're yeah. doing is we're dressing up the outside of the gatehouse. It looks a little spooky. And last year we did minions and hay barrels and, and oh, like hay bells. And, and we, we made it a picture thing, put a hashtag up for Instagram, come take a picture, tag us. Ah. Um, so trying to be a little creative because we can't have all our friends there this year again. Yeah. So I'll send you a picture. So you have, yes, it. please send all the pictures. I want like, I need you to, well, first of all, you're coming to Catalyst in Fort Worth in the end of July. That has not been, dates have not been officially announced. So okay. I'm not going to drop that yet. A, you're coming. B, we're doing a tasting while you're here. <laughs> yes. And C, you need to bring like a whole, you have to drive to bring a suitcase of all your swag. So. No, we'll have to get an extra ticket so you can bring Tapper and all I'll your bring Tapper. Bring tapper. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this has been. I tell uh, you, she's going to get an influx of resumes and don't be is, surprised yeah. to find oh. this on her desk. Well, <laughs> you know what? If you're going to send me a resume, you need to also have a good idea because Ooh, I just feed off people's that. ideas, right? Yeah. I mean, we're all in this together. So, I love uh, that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, resume like, and an idea. Your resume, give me your idea. Oh, and you know what? I did not pull this down. Hang on, I'd be careful not to break it. But okay, this is a wine bottle with yes, Louisville water in it. We did this as a centerpiece for a for an event here in Louisville. So we filled it with water, we capped it, and it says, "Why drink the wine when you can have the water?" Nice. That? that is so cute. She what? is so. holding up this beautifully branded wine bottle that is full of water. Water. So yeah. cute. Well, there you go. So there you go. Love it looks it. like I'm gig- giving you googly eyes. I am. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Um, uh, wow, this could be a six part episode. So great. So many questions. Um, but uh, before we go, though, we have to walk you through the lightning round. And just some context for our lightning round is all of these questions are based on some form or fashion, our core values. 
our rogue core values. And so that's, if you're like, wow, these questions are really random. They're random because they're related Mm -hmm. to our values. So, (laughs) um, so the first one I'll kick off name a moment that you have felt the most authentically you. Ooh. Um, well, I did see this question ahead of time. So a little bit, so it happened when this was put in my hands in 2010. So Louisville water turned 150 and we decided to do a book and I had four months to make it happen and we Mm. got it the day. And so when it was delivered to me, I cried because I was like, this is me. I tell stories. I don't tell statements. And this is a place that it's become so incredibly special to me. Yep. And so this felt like authentically Kelly. So you wrote, you wrote the book for the 150 the year. Yes. Yes. See, this is my book. <laughs> yeah, see, up. Yeah. Uh, for Mansfield, we got to be a part of their 100 year uh, birthday celebration. And yeah. uh, so this was Mike Beitler, who is our creative director now. He's actually the one who designed this. And I just... I think I, I told him, you know, I, this is my favorite picture. When you when you all watch this, we are going to turn this into a YouTube episode. So I know some of you are probably <laughs> freaking out that you can't see all of these amazing things that we're geeking out yeah. about. But this is my favorite picture ever taken is Aww. this little boy looking in this pipe. I like it. I like that it. That was at a, what was that at? That was yeah, at Earth Day, right? Earth Day Festival. Yeah. A little, mm-hmm. so that was but special. I agree. Yeah, it's it was special. Yeah. Pretty cool to see your words binded. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> bound. Yeah. All right, Arian. Sorry, this slowest lightning round ever. Sorry. 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 <laughs> um. So this is a fill in the blank. Sorry. I'm so glad I met blank this year. Yeah. So I am so glad that I met um, a lady named Hannah Drake this year. Um, Hannah is a Louisville poet, author. Oh. Um, just been a little critical of um, our city. Um, Brianna Taylor died in Louisville yeah. at the hands of police. We've had a lot of racial unrest. And um, while I may not always agree with Hannah, I, I love her words. And I've become so inspired by her story that we all must do better. Oh, I love okay. it. It's beautiful. Okay, bold. What does boldness look like to you? I think boldness to me means being firm in what you, what you want and not apologizing for what you want. Mm. Um, bold means standing up for public health or standing up for your team when everyone else wants to sit down. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. How about, this is another fill in the blank. Um, I stay curious by. I stay curious by staying connected. Mm. I mean, especially during COVID, I really struggled. I'm a people person, right? And so I'm sorry, virtual only goes so far with me yeah. and virtual wine nights are great, but it doesn't replace the same thing, the real thing. Yeah. Um, I try to make it a personal goal that at least once a month, I try to do it weekly, it doesn't always happen, but once a month, I am going to talk with someone who I haven't connected with in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's really important to me. And I just think it's healthy too. It doesn't have to be water industry. It's just a friend. It can be a sorority yeah. system. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing how fast time flies and you realize you haven't talked to that friend in a while and you're like, yeah, yeah. Call. <laughs> so important to do that. Um, okay. Uh, we like fill in the blanks cause this is another one. Yeah. I go to work every day so that my neighbors can. So my neighbors can enjoy the quality of life that they expect in Louisville mm. and they can have fun, right? I go to work so you don't have to worry about turning on the faucet. Yeah. You don't have to worry about dysentery. Gotcha. <laughs> we got you. You're welcome. No cholera. Yes. Check. Yeah. <laughs> no cholera. Yeah. And here's a little fun added to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's something you're deeply grateful for? I am so deeply grateful for opportunities. I mean, mm-hmm. I think back to that snow code Diane Sawyer story <laughs> and I'm like, thank God I opened up the newspaper and saw a printed ad for the Louisville Water Company about the same time I, I called about that snow coat. Because mm. um, otherwise, I would not have gotten to do two things, actually mm. three things. I would not have gotten to have the career that was so incredibly important to me. I would not have gotten to be the mom that I wanted to be to sure. Katie and Courtney. I was never going to be that stay-at-home mom. I was yeah. going to be, do, I was going to do everything, right? Mm-hmm. And the third thing that it's allowed me to do, it's allowed me to be uniquely me. It's allowed, it's allowed me to tell my story to be the mom, 
to be the wife to Doug, to have this amazing relationship um, and partnership. Uh, I'm, I'm just grateful for all those things. Sure. That was probably a long-winded answer. Sorry. No, no it was great. I need you to bring Doug the catalyst too. I think <laughs> okay. like Doug needs to hang out. Uh, yeah. I love meeting, I love meeting yeah. uh, some of my favorite uh, some of my favorite people's partners and who they're going through this yeah. this journey in life with. Well, we are we are very opposite. The one thing that Doug Smith has taught me is the power of listening. Because um, mm. if you know, I mean, I'm curious by nature, and I just want to jump in sometimes. But totally. he's really helped me to understand just when to be quiet and shut up sometimes. Yeah, and just listen. Yeah, just stop talking and see what people say. And nice. he's right. I hate to admit it sometimes, but he is right. So <laughs> nice. All right, so we're going to wrap it up with the question we ask everyone. Uh, and I, these are these are some of my favorite answers is hearing what people feel. So you would understand this, but sometimes in the line of work that we do, people will say, you know, what difference does it make if I change? I'm just one person. It's not going to make a difference. But obviously, we wholeheartedly disagree with that. Um, and we believe that change can be uh, contagious. You never know what you're going to inspire in in someone else. So what's the one call to action that you're most passionate about that you believe could ultimately change the world? Hmm. Words and actions. Those are the two things that come to mind. Words matter. Think about what you say. I like to say it's not what you say, but it's how you say it. Yes. Hmm. I mean, I, you know, that words are powerful and it's, and it's how you deliver them and actions. Um, think about how you represent yourself, the place that you work. Um, I mean, I always tell people, you may not like me, but I hope you respect me. Um, and I think there, I think those two things are very different. Mm -hmm. And I think if we, as a country, as a world, just thought about the words and actions each individual person could make a huge change, a huge yeah. change. Um, and I think if you don't think your utility is part of that, you are so wrong. You're mm -hmm. an anchor in your town. And if you're having racial protests, if there's affordability issues, if there's a coal mining strike, you're part of that. I don't care. You are part of that. Mm -hmm. And you can't say that it's not on your turf. So kind of went around, but uh, th that that's anchor. where I would go. <laughs> yes. Wow. That's um, amazing. And I'm going to actually go rogue and you have not seen this question because okay. I thought of this just before we went on, but I want to ask this because you, you, you are such a, a seasoned voice in our, in our industry. You have, you've seen it all or, you know, hopefully not all, but yeah. yet, but, um, so I want to ask this question, Hamilton, my favorite play, there's a quote in there that says a legacy is planting a seed in a garden that you'll never get to see. What legacy do you hope to leave in mm. the industry? I think my legacy would be that there's always a story to tell. There's always awareness to build. Um, and there's always an opportunity. I mean, I think just this idea of a story, I just, I, I mean, that's who I am, right? Uh, yeah. And so I think if for nothing else that I have, brought to life something that most people take for granted. I've actually made water a little sexy, maybe who else has a bourbon page on their website, oh, right? right? I mean, so, uh, but, but I think the legacy is the power of, of, of just telling a story and communications. Um, gosh, if we could just get utilities to recognize the value of being present in their community is just as important as the money it takes to put that pipe in the ground. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that we wouldn't have U.S. congressmen who say infrastructure is roads, bridges, and dams. No, it should be water first. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Okay, that was long-winded too, probably. <laughs> no. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, being uh, open to the road question. But yeah. I had I had just thought about that, thinking of getting the opportunity to talk to you. So thank you for being willing to do to do oh. that and being incredibly generous with your time. This has been an amazing conversation as Arianne said, oh, um, hashtag validation. Um, so just continue to do your great work. I hope we get to see you in, in real Bye. life sooner rather than later. Yeah. And definitely hope to see you, especially oh, you in the audience, but hopefully on stage. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. No. Pause. She's going to be a speaker in 2022 at Catalyst. Okay, so, and well, I'm I already also told taking you a that. picture. So <laughs> while we wrap up, everybody smile. 
just wanted to say so excited to have this conversation and thank you so much for being with us today. This has been an awesome opportunity. Best part of my week. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. We are so grateful for each and every one of you, all the members of our listening community. The Water in Real Life podcast is a Rogue Water Lab original. It's hosted by the H2 duo. That's us, Stephanie Corso and Ariane Shipley. It's produced by Rogue Water Lab, 12 Midnight and Matt Black Sound. Sound design and music by Andre Black and Matt McNeil of Matt Black Sound. For more Water in Real Life, check out our YouTube channel and sign up for our lab notes. You can find both at roguewaterlab.org.